Well, I'm very pleased to be joined in the downtown den by Katie Owl from Immediate Future. Well, actually, last week, would you believe it, Immediate Future, which is an independent social media agency, was 16 years old. Uh, And when I say that to people, they go, really? Yeah, we launched the same year as Facebook kind of made it out onto campus. So... Um, and we we have been only focused and we only focus on social media, although, you know, technically it sits under the digital thing. We are um, really only social media um, working with what I would consider challenger brands, brands who want to change the status quo. So they're not necessarily the largest brands. They're more tier one, tier two, tier three or those um, startups and smaller businesses who really want you know, to make a difference either through growth or a difference in society or their communities. Yeah, excellent. And I suspect that a lot of uh, downtown members use social media in a fairly random way, as many of us do, and and will really, I think, from having worked with you previously, will really appreciate the sort of issues that we're going to cover and talk about, how social media can play a part in growing a business, particularly at these strange times. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. So let's start off. Just tell us some of the practicalities about uh, social media and the need to have a, a strategy in terms of using it instead of having a random approach. Uh, it's, it's interesting because I talk about being 16 years old. When we started, of course, it was predominantly blogs and MySpace. So back then, you could experiment. You could do a bit of this and dip in and dip out. Well, you know, 88% of us in the UK are on social media. And during the current lockdown, nearly every social media profile has gone up 25 to 30%. Engagement is up 61% because guess what we're doing? Bored as hell at home. We're spending time on social media. So the reality is you can't dip in and out. Uh, the, the prime purpose of social media is to, is to be closer to your customers and potential customers. Um, uh, yeah, it's an interface that allows you to do that way closer than email. You're actually... It, technically could be in conversation with them not everybody is but you are that close and you're you're in the palm of the hand of your customer and that interface is much closer much more intelligent in a way and the the beauty of that is is right now we need to talk to our customers and it's quite a challenge so consistency and a strategy for how you're going to do that rather than oh, let's just put a tweet out. We need to put a tweet out every day. I mean, well, you know, in business, we need things to have purpose. You know, if you're going to invest, even if it is in only a tweet a day, you need it to give you a return. Yeah. It won't give you a return if all you're doing is just putting garbage out. Not right now. And in some instances, custom, other customers, other potential customers are observing a customer having an engagement with you as a business aren't they on twitter for example if you start having a conversation with somebody everybody's observing that yeah yeah absolutely but not even just the conversations so if you are putting out crass statements if you're saying by now and uh when people know that 90 percent of your staff are furloughed and and you're being aggressive or salesy or tone deaf then actually they will pay a lot of attention to that right now. Well, while people are doing that and spending time that they're, they're very affected by how brands are behaving. And that isn't just, you know, in store online or, or 
in uh, on TV. It's very much how they behave in social media. Yeah, that's interesting. So, what what how should people go about? Uh, how should people in business go about sort of starting to think about it, and how can it add to growth? What should they be considering? What are the platforms? So, paid, unpaid? What should they be doing? Do you think? So, let's let's start with where they should how you start thinking about your strategy and plan and, and that kind of dovetails into where you should be you know which whether it's tiktok is your thing or whether or not you should be on facebook or how your video social strategy works the first thing to know is where where is your audience where are they because that's the bit that matters and often what we'll find is that it's not a, a, a demographic audience. It's not, you know, just the UK men over 50 or 30 something uh, 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 part, uh, families, you know, um, family, family size business uh, people. It, it's, it's much more refined than that. So you, you segment your audiences in a slightly different way. So if you were targeting youngsters, you may well, still use Facebook um, or Instagram more likely um, and actually TikTok is probably too young for some some, some most brands uh, yet if you understand what's going on on TikTok you can bring that into Instagram because that's what your customer's doing so your first starting point is on some where your consumer and customer or in, in the case of B2B where they're playing for instance, in B2B, people might be on LinkedIn, but they only tend to visit once every 60 days. It might shorten a bit during the current climate, but actually they don't go there every day. Where they go every day is Facebook. And the best place to do B2B um, business right now is on Facebook. Wow. So it's really important that you understand where your audience is and don't make assumptions. Once you've got that in place, then you need to look at what matters to your audience. Where are their pain, pain points? Where are their passions? What's their tone of voice? What are they emotionally engaged in? Are they looking for entertainment? Are they looking for information? And people can get it very wrong. There's a broadband supplier at the moment that is trying to be entertainment led when actually its customers are complaining on every single one of their adverts at the moment because what they want is functionality. Oh. And they're asking for, how do I get my broadband connection working? They don't, they're not interested in how funny they are, they're interested in functionality. So, so that really matters. Um, so you have to really think about that. And then the last, there's lots of things in between that, but in a short summary, the, the, the biggest failure I see with social media activity is there's no end game. There's no goal. The goal, you know, a goal to get more followers is not a goal. You know, it's like saying, I want my salespeople to go out there and I want them to shake hands with as many people as possible. I mean, it's just like, yeah, well, it doesn't result in something. What's the point of it? So as we, you know, double down on our budgets, you know, the question you should be asking yourself is how will I measure the performance of social media? Now, social media is a poor direct sales tool. I'll tell you that right now. What it is, is top, what we call top of funnel. So it will help you get reach. And inevitably what happens is, you know, if you're a big ticket item, like a holiday, for instance, or a car, wow. nobody's going to buy that from social media. But what they will do is go away and discuss it with friends, do some research, and then they'll probably return via search. So the reality is what you're trying to do is get your reach up there, the impressions out there to get people to understand and engage with you and put you first. And you can see brands doing this right. all the time 
really well. So company after company is going out there and positioning itself so that when people are able to spend, if they can't spend now, they will be the brand that will come first to mind. And that's what you should be focused on now is memorability. So what you're saying, social media is crucially important, no matter what size your business is, because it's this message, these messages that you're putting out there, whether it's by video, just chat or conversation on Twitter. If it's in the name of your business, your brand, then it's crucially important. Oh, absolutely. And it needs to represent your voice. You need a bit of personality. Mm. I mean, let's face it, Simon, you and I had a conversation about that. B2B or B2C, it doesn't make any difference. The reality is, who wants to have a conversation with a brand? Mm. Yeah. So, so you need some personality. I mean, take a look. I mean, it's often quoted, but innocent drinks, they have personality. They sell fruit drinks. That's what they do. Okay. Nobody wants a conversation with a carton you know but they will have a conversation with innocent drinks because innocent drinks is fun it's got a personality and your personality doesn't always have to be funny or humorous your personality could be um it could be serious authoritative it could be thought leader it could be leading the way it could be innovative you know you're you want to develop a personality that people understand why they're connecting to you if you are a faceless organization in today's world you remain faceless and with very few customers because nobody wants to talk to you so you want to build that kind of relationship that is closer more one-to-one yeah and you've got to be responsive i guess you can't it's not a one-way engagement is it it's not just putting a message out there it's not like putting a billboard up you know with an advert on it well it can be actually Uh, it can be and it can work very well like that as i said you know for some brands comments and conversations so if you target the c-suite for instance we work with a client that targets the c-suite c-suite rarely comment on anything but they do watch and they do click through links so we know that that they are there so interesting enough we know that what their behaviors are because we can see them but they're unlikely to actually have a conversation with you. And if you sell something very utilitarian, is that the right word? Utilitarian, you know, um, you know, like, um, uh, like car tires or, or something we don't tend to get emotional about, um, then actually people may not have a conversation with you. In fact, the biggest driver of social media is creativity. Um, in this noisy, noisy world where now it's got even noisier, social media, you have to grab attention. And what matters more now is the kind of creativity that starts the storytell, that is beginning to engage the user and understanding your brand, your purpose, the things that matter to them more. And that is a long-term play. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's creativity, not just in visual, but in thinking. And that matters more. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what about paid, unpaid? I'm not very good on Facebook at all. I spend a lot of time on Twitter, probably too much time. But I see promotional adverts on there. Presumably, they work because people, uh, companies are paying for them. You need both, do you, as a business? Yeah, yeah. In fact, so unpaid is called organic. Right. And there are very few channels now that works very well. Um, predominantly on Facebook and Instagram is strangled um, because they want you to use paid but they also don't want to keep serving stuff from brands I mean you go onto Facebook to hear from your friends not to receive 3,000 posts from from companies so 
so they've sort of strangled that and the only way to reach them is through paid um, when we look at LinkedIn paid is pricier and more expensive but it can get you direct in front of the right people when we look at something like TikTok, you'd use paid because it amplifies your creativity there's a lot of creativity on TikTok, so you know your investment in the quality of your content matters so much that it's costing you it is no longer free to play on social media it hasn't been for the last five years to be honest with you and twitter moves so fast if you want to be seen by the right people your your potential customers you have to use paid so anybody who's doing social that is unpaid is not really very serious about social in our from our perspective they're ticking a box and that's fine if, if social is not your channel but your customers are there right now you have to be serious and that means investment yeah and it's only going in one direction isn't it the social media is just growing there's a growth in people's use of facebook and twitter instagram i saw some statistics before we started the conversation and uh, worldwide i mean facebook is number one isn't it twitter is not that commonly used compared to i was surprised by that across the world instagram's pretty big whatsapp's big isn't it but it's yeah the whole facebook yeah absolutely the whole facebook group now reaches three billion people around the globe and and yeah i know lots there's lots of discussion about facebook but reality is when, when, when there was a lot of um, anti-Facebook discussion, actually very few people left. And those that left, um, the gap was filled. And the gap has been filled now because one of the interesting things that's come out of Facebook, which has kind of rescued it a little bit, which is that sense of community. So we are connecting to our friends and family much more. And we are also connecting to our neighborhood and our local communities through Facebook. So there are a lot of Facebook groups. Instagram has been growing rapidly, but so too have what we call dark socials. So that's Messenger, WhatsApp, the places where people will actually share quite a lot of information. And what we see, although we can't right now run ads in those places or or, or track once once information gets there. So, so if I if I WhatsApped you, Simon, and went, oh my God, you need to buy this pair of jeans from Levi's. Mm. Levi's wouldn't know we'd had that conversation at the moment. Right. So, yeah. but if what we're seeing is that if you create the right kind of content in the other social channels, people will share that through their WhatsApp. So I wouldn't actually say you should see these. What I'd probably do is take the ad, share it on my WhatsApp and send it to you. Yeah. And at that point, I know where it's gone. I might not know who it's gone to or why it's gone. I just know it's it's been flipped out and, and sent somewhere else. So, so there's a bit of tracking in there. Yeah. And it, it isn't, social is not overly complicated, but it does require consistency. And you need to marry paid and optimize it. And you need to think about your organic and you need to think about what you're really saying to your customers and how you're building those relationships and how you're building that profile and how you're capturing attention on a screen that is about that big. Yeah. Uh, and I often see, I, in fact, I was on a call the other day where somebody said, this is our creative. And it was, a, it was for an event and there was lots and lots and lots of words everywhere. And I went, yeah, on a screen that big, nobody's ever got, nobody's going to, nobody's going to see it. No. Nobody's going to look at it. Nobody can read it. So don't, no. don't bother. 
you need to you know so put that somewhere else this is how you do it so it requires a bit of thinking but it's not overly complicated but to give it to someone without marketing experience is wasting your time and it's better that you just don't bother than it is to fiddle around the edges uh, I, I i know this is my industry but i feel very strongly that social offers a great opportunity but it can waste you can waste a lot of time in it a lot of time and effort producing content getting it out every day somebody has to schedule it watching your profiles to make sure nobody's asking you a question all of that and if you're not doing it properly you're kind of wasting time it's, it might be cheaper to spend the money going out and sending leaflets to people through the front doors you know yeah, yeah that's interesting and but it can you know many of our members are merseyside based greater manchester based west midlands based and don't go beyond that but you can be very targeted can't you in terms of using social media you can you can be very targeted and you can but become much more local you need to watch being overtly targeted none of the platforms will thank you very much if you're niche because you'll pay over the odds so there are some techniques that you use to optimize that so you wouldn't just go i want to be you know in i'm only targeting hume that's the only area that's the only place i can remember in manchester <laughs> Yeah, goodness, or, or Fallowfield, or else yeah. my daughter's at Manchester Uni. Um, ah, right. yeah. um, so you wouldn't you wouldn't get too drilled down uh, because actually you get penalised. It's like boosting a post for fifty quid. You pay three times more than those that go through the ads manager and pay a couple of couple of hundred quid. Do you know what I mean? Because they actually pay more per post, so so they you know they get you each way. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, you actually want to target the whole of Manchester. Do you know what I mean? You want to get that volume up. Reach is about volume, right. not about frequency. And so you want to get the, the, the volume up so that you're in front of all the right people, but not overtly. There's nothing worse than seeing an ad every time you, the same ad every time you sort of open your profile, is mm. it? It's just like, oh, it's like on TV when the same ad keeps coming up. You're just irritated yes. after a while. That That's frequency. And you just don't want too much frequency. Got you it. want to build that kind of place where you're just going, hi, I'm here, look at this, isn't this here I'm entertaining you, I'm telling you something useful, I'm being informative at a time when you're looking for snackable, you know, information. Yeah, yeah. And talking of snacks, let's talk about some examples of, uh, some good examples of social media. I always think of Greg's Bakery being particularly good, not just on social media, which they are good on, but in marketing generally, I mean, they really, sort of uh, generates interest in the brand though mm, absolutely and when you think about things like even the you know in the past the vegan sausage roll which yes was very pre very clever but yeah. actually it's more than that it's creative and attention grabbing mm. and they kept they did a very smart thing in social media which is they created a 3d ad made it very much like looking at um the space shuttle you know when it as it turns and then there's an arrow coming down going this is the top of the space shuttle and these are the fins and it kind of did it like that in a very sort of iphone-y way yeah. is the best way to describe it really class and and that is an audience that understands the, the tongue in that they understand their tongue-in-cheek audience yeah. People who eat at Greg's quite often they they quite they're quite happy to take the piss out themselves basically. Yeah. They yeah. understood their audience, and you see that again and again. And Aldi the same that that they've in in recent weeks they've carried their carrot character through their COVID advertising, building that warmth and togetherness back in, right. instead of just spouting 
about it and they've done exactly the same on social so you see a number of brands have understood the temperature of their audiences and gone out and, and won as a consequence a, a lot of value and loyalty as well as the most important thing is they're memorable so when people are ready to buy they know who they're buying from yeah that's interesting and what about uh, I, I saw you sort of engage or discuss on twitter uh, one particular brand dishroom i think indian restaurants and they'd I think somebody had sort of pirated their uh, recipe book, but they, they sort of managed that and owned it in some way, didn't they? Yeah, it was, it, oh, I just love it when you see good, basically good crisis management. So, yes, somebody had pirated their book, and obviously, can you imagine, all restaurants are shut down. They've launched their book on how to create their blooming amazing recipes with lots of backstories and and an interesting insight into the indian cuisine they launched this book of course it's an income of which part of the proceeds are also going to the hospitality charities that are helping the industry and then somebody pirates it by pdfing the whole thing and making it freely available so the temptation would be to send out a cease and desist wouldn't it but of course yeah. this thing is in the wild and so one person sends it out free that person then sends it out free so who who do you send the cease and desist to because it's just escalating so really really smart i'm just going to read you the first tweet they said and they set out sent out what's called a twitter thread which is a tweet that is like linked to another tweet and another tweet and another tweet yeah. and it says dear good people of twitter i guess some cheeky so-and-so has pinched out the shoom cookery book and is sending at it in illegal PDFs to everyone and their nice auntie over what's uh, everyone and their nice auntie over WhatsApp, Twitter, and the like. And it's a really soft, if you say good people of Twitter, you know, most people on Twitter, everybody likes to think of themselves as a good person. Then, then it kind of says this might have been an act of piracy, blah, blah, blah. But if you've received it, you've got some options. The option is to buy the book or give some money to charity or donate some money here and help us you know come back stronger when things are over yeah. it's not a long thread it's about seven or eight lines and i can share that if you want to put it in uh, uh, in the summary I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy to share the link to it but they are absolutely fantastic i mean just a brilliant response and, and if you then look at the responses beyond that from customers and non-customers and people who've never heard of Dishoom, yes. what you see is just an outpouring of love an yeah. outpouring of love because they handled it beautifully and and that's what i mean you cannot put a junior person who's not worked in marketing or communications onto your social media because it is your voice it's the voice of your company um, and that, there are so many better ways in which you can use the tools in front of you yeah. than just spouting out about what sale you have on or that people can buy this cheaper here. Mm, excellent. It is a good example. And any other examples that spring to mind for you, Kate? Um, I think that most of it, I'll tell you what, I'd rather than give you an example, one of the things I've been really proud to see is how many small businesses which have really suffered and particularly those in the retail industry and, and these would be sort of smaller franchises and local businesses have as i hate to use the word pivot but they have pivoted their businesses and they've pivoted the way they work but they have because often the ceo or the owner or the manager 
is working in social media, it becomes wholly the voice of the brand. Yes. <laughs> and because they've got a bit of time on their hands and they're desperate to make their businesses continue to succeed, that's exactly what they're doing. And they are creating, so, so I could mention our local greengrocers or uh, shop around the corner who are doing a fantastic, none of you would know who they are, but yeah. for ours and in our community, they're doing a cracking job of being yeah. supportive and really understanding their local community. So there's, you know, rather it's easy to call out the big guys with the big budgets and the deep pockets, but you know the smaller smaller companies that I see um, really understanding how social works um, yes. and beginning to build that out. Is, I've seen some really fantastic work. That's really good example, isn't it? And the pandemic, then one of the perhaps perhaps one of the plus sides of the pandemic is that it's dragged some local businesses who were disengaged from social media onto one or two platforms so that they engage with their local community and sell goods and services, you know, during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there are, you know, it's very hard to go. And there are positives out of such a dire situation. I was on a call this morning talking about, you know, we've already had in our business uh, two bereavements um, with our colleagues, you know, you sort of kind of oh, difficult to go, and here's the positive, you know, in, in such a horrible situation. But it's also terrible to sit here and beat our chests. You know, we're in business and most people that I have met who run small and medium sized businesses who are really at the coal face of things, I am extraordinarily proud to know so many of them that are amazing problem solvers that are going well i can't do this so i'm going to shift here i'm going to change gear and there are i'm seeing some extraordinary positives where businesses that are completely shut down are still volunteering or still providing ppe where they can or still doing something really oh, it's just very heartwarming and i think we have to cling to those positives that are coming out of it from my perspective, of course, social has never been busier, um, but there's also been a, a, a dragging in of audiences we wouldn't normally see. So the boomers have joined because it's a way of talking to their grandkids. The people who have, you know, the later Gen Xs who are um struggling a little bit sometimes with their social have suddenly started doing tiktoks and dancing with their daughters and it's 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 fantastic to see this upsurge in community simply just saying hello to one's neighbors who, you know who, who you should know but you don't know because we all lead such frantic lives so i think there have been some enormous positive things some great things have come out of it of course you know in a time of crisis and change there often is a sudden switch up of entrepreneurship and that and i'm seeing that across the board yeah and let's just just before we finish the conversation katie what what have been the highs and lows for you of the pandemic is there anything you've enjoyed particularly enjoyed what will you do differently uh, it's certainly changed things hasn't it? it's changed the way we work i think yes but as a digital business we have um moving to working from home is not a problem when we miss each other we're a creative business so we like to work together so we will be going back to work um 
we've always had flexibility in our work run some of our staff work quite far away in, in the home counties and so traveling um for um office um office locations tuesday wednesday thursday and then work from home the, the sort of the, the the bunker sides of the weekend um and so so that bit has not changed for us what has i think on a very personal note is i've got closer to my team because um you know we, you tend to have a little hierarchy in your business and you tend to find that you know you you talk to your leadership team because that's what you've got time to do and the leadership team talk to the rest of the teams but because we've all because because we're in a level playing field because we're meeting every morning to discuss what we've got going on in the day that has been um that's been lovely i've really got to know you know and i i'm in my mid 50s um and and i employ staff who are in their early 20s and it has been a real pleasure to get to know them and yeah. to see how they think and what they're interested in and share netflix reviews and recommendations because <laughs> we're all a bit better on it. share recipes we've had so much fun yeah I, i've really enjoyed that interpersonal bit That's good. really really enjoyed that bit there has been some frustration i uh most although we, our clients are still active in terms of talking to new businesses there's been a shying away of talking to customers so brands are not talking to customers they're closing down their marketing and i get the fear factor in this but your customers tend not to forget that you went silent or uh, uh, we're seeing an acceleration of some of the issues that were already sort of flying out there in particular is this company a company for social good so your behavior matters yeah do i trust this company trust was always you know it was getting a bigger and bigger issue yeah it's now a substantially big issue it's accelerated through this process so brands that go silent or turn the lights off completely are actually making a really big mistake and there's some Kantar research that's just come out and said said that uh um 38 of of consumers are already saying if they haven't heard from that brand they're not seeing them they're not buying from them so that and that might not sound like a lot yet but give it a couple more weeks it will keep growing so i think to turn off your marketing and i don't just mean social media any form of marketing is kind of a very daft move i know it's tough when it's staff or premises and marketing but if you want to keep the lights on in the future you need to to turn them on now yeah really interesting some real lessons being learned during this pandemic it's been an absolute delight to chat again katie really appreciate it i'd say to people watching this immediate future is the business check it out and learn more about it you learn a lot about uh, social media from you guys really pleased to to have the conversation in the downtown den thank you very much oh pleasure thank you for having me thank you